0: Welcome to Bashy Live, everybody. Great to have you with us today. Going to be a fun show. Uh, we've got uh, Kyle Patrick with us today. Brand new elite qualifier. Big personality out on social. Going to be make he got his first dub uh, this year at the Ozarks, Lake of the Ozarks. Going to the Classic. Going to be fishing the elites. Uh, looking forward to hearing the story. He's he's another really young angler going to be in, invading the Bassmaster Elites this year. Going to make going to be part of making that field. I think one of the toughest fields we've seen in the Elites in in recent years. So uh, um, pretty awesome. Looking forward to talking to him. Want to give a, a shout out to a, a couple folks. Smallmouth Crush uh, visited with those guys last night. And uh, had a lot of fun talking about uh, everything, fishing, Bass University, and Lake Champlain. And, and of course, uh, we had some cool debates. A lot of fun uh, hanging out with Epic, Eric, and Travis. Appreciate you guys. And and Brett was there. Special guest. Uh, just winner on Lake Champlain this year. Uh, so, we, we had a lot of fun. Go check that show out. Also, it was on BTL in the morning. I'm making my rounds, Riz. Yeah. I'm, i'm yeah. all over the place nice
1: job on btl by the way man that was uh that was a that was a good good interview there
0: thank you thank
1: I, you it's good job, job to matt too yeah, yeah really handled it well thank He's you matt. big 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 personality
0: yeah know. thank you matt from team appreciate you having me on a uh, btl are it's bash university season we're getting ready for our events so we're uh spending a lot of time talking about that if you guys haven't had got your tickets yet go get your tickets man they are uh, they're available at the bashuniversity.com right now. Come see us. We're gonna have a blast out on site and um, and we have a Bashu meetup, which we're gonna be putting together. right, Jocelyn. There may or may not be a barbecue. There may or may not be a barbecue. There will. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna there will be some fishing on uh, Lake Athens. So come join us if you're gonna be whether you're coming to Texas or you're coming to Shreveport, uh we want to invite you guys to to come down and fish with us on lake athens in uh i think what is it january 22nd 23rd mm-hmm. more details to come check out social check out the website uh of course if you have a ticket to one of the classes we'll be emailing you the deets uh real soon on that so a lot going on uh in, at bash you so getting you know having a lot of fun uh going around and talking to all the guys on the podcast and all the variety of podcasts. Also want to give a shout out to, uh, our own BTC, um, who is, is on bass after dark with Ken Duke. Uh, many of you guys know them, uh, as being part of the Bass university live show, uh, from time to time, Mr. Duke has been the host, of course BTC was the uh, original producer here at the Bass Live podcast and he is now doing Bass After Dark with Ken taking on some interesting topics they had I know we had Randy Blacker on here talking about forward facing sonar he had they had him on uh in their most recent show I think on Thursday night with uh with Ben Milliken and uh going at it uh Pros and cons as that debate rages. And I think uh it's it's raging in the way of man, Ford facing sonar is here to stay, guys. You better start loving it because it's an awesome tool and it uh it, it can really uh make fishing fun. And we talked about that last night. You know, Epic Eric kind of caught us in a in a in a bit of a twist. He was sneaky that way because the, the question was, what's your favorite way to fish? And we're going around the room and, uh, and I, I flipping, right? That's my, I, I love to flip. It's, it's, I have a lot of success flipping, but I just, I love that excitement of getting that bite, setting the hook on a big fish. It's, it's one of my faves. Travis, you know, kind of was, was in that court too. Top water came up and here's where he trapped us. He goes, nobody said looking at him on the screen as their favorite way to fish that was that was sneaky eric yeah yeah. (laughs) but tell you what though he did trick
1: He water it's fun you know what i mean you 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 get up there on champlain and they're they're on the pelagic bait fish and they're on the owl wives and you can Mm -hmm. see them i mean dude it's fun it's fun watching them shoot up you know and catch your drop shot or catch your swim bait and yeah. just you know they got it it's it's a good time i mean
0: i i use it whether i'm the thing is it's become so much part of the game sure that i'm using it in every aspect I, yeah, all the time like fishing fishing
1: fishing, gra- fishing grass <laughs> out on out on the flat that the that forward-facing sonar i mean we've mm-hmm. always been using hummingbird 360 yeah. but that forward-facing sonar is just as valuable as any other tool on the boat out there when you, you need to make the right cast down a grass line that you can't see on high tide, yep. it's the deal. So, like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm looking at the screen when I'm
0: fishing a chatterbait. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, it was just sneaky. Yeah. Cause he's anti forward facing sonar and is he's he? trying to trick us. Eric is? Uh, yeah. I, th- I think he, uh, I, come I, on wouldn't, e. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's hardcore like anti. Yeah. But he, you know, it's not, his favorite thing. He sure. pre- he'd prefer to just go fishing, I think. Yeah, understandable. But, but that was uh that was a trick and you got us good one. E and um Sneaky. But, yeah, we talked a lot about a lot of fun stuff there. Go check out smallmouth crush. Um and that's available on YouTube and wherever else you can get your podcast. Uh guys, if you're watching over on uh social, like and share the feed. We're gonna be giving away what are we giving away?
2: Portland yes. There actually
0: right there in front. Excellent. We're we love Cortland. Of course, Travis and I were talking about it. Uh we had Rombanis on the show talking about his use of eight pound master braid on his spinning reels, uh, which is a tremendous tool when current and deep water. Uh I I've I use 10. He's encouraging me to to get after and spool up with the eight in certain applications. And Are I'm you gonna, gonna try it. Gonna do I'm definitely gonna try it, no doubt. The um 25% off Cortland line, guys. If you want to give it a try, you're going to love it. It's it's amazing fishing line and, and the silent flip. There's two lines, the Master Braid and the silent flip that I use. Uh, highly recommend using them. The 15-pound test on my spinning rod, man, it's it's tough, tough. Cast like a dream, and you can finesse fish with, with really a power backing on that line. So go get some. Try it. And uh, it's 25% off on our if you know if you're a member of Bash University, check out the member benefits and go get yourself hooked up. Epic Eric uh also uh was wearing a hat that he won on our show. Huh. Um and uh so he he often participates, wins the grand prize. He's not Dan Allen. <laughs> but yeah. I think they has,
1: should
0: compete. They they should mm-hmm. compete because he has won a fair amount, but Dan. I don't know he, he's he's the champ. But well, for our grand prize uh what are we giving away today? We actually
1: today? have a Bash University had some Courtland line and some missile Beats.
0: Oh, that's a big that's a big prize pack. Pay attention to the show. We're going to be talking about uh we're going to be asking a question. We'll be typing that question in, in the IM, on the IM board on bashu.tv. So if uh uh you get that, if you're the first to get the correct answer to whatever that question may be, we're going to be hooking you up with a with a great grand prize pack and tickets are on sale. We have an amazing deal going on right now uh, for bash university TV. If you can't make it to the classes, get subscribed. I know a lot of you guys are tell your friends, it's a great time of year. We have an amazing deal going on, which includes a $50 tackle direct coupon, which you can apply directly to your Christmas gift this year. Uh, So get yourself signed up, get subscribed. Spent a lot of time. We're on forward facing sonar. Spent a lot of time on podcasts uh, talking about Brian Schmidt and his amazing use of that technology. Yeah. A lot of people don't think of him when they think of that technology, but he's used it to win. Oh yeah, he's at least twice. It. Yep, at least two blue trophies he's got with it. Uh, he was, you know, there at the beginning has become incredibly dialed and effective with that strategy, and he's teaching us about it. On, on an on water uh training session which we filmed with him uh just recently and we're going to be releasing on bash university tv soon you you definitely want to uh check that out he really uh breaking down his system on on power i would call it a power and his power and finesse approach to using that technology got it must must see that's going to be coming out on bash you tv you know, late fall, early winter strategies, hard baits, soft baits, and metal. Uh, three really great topics that Mike tackles. Uh, You're fishing this time of year. I hope you are. I hope you didn't put your rods down and um, you're going to continue to fish through the year. We love fishing this time of year, uh, but he's got, you know, great strategies for his tools that he uses that time of year. Look for that to be released on Bash University TV. What else? What's What else is... Uh, what's being released right now, Rick? Yeah, so
1: actually this week we're releasing the first of the uh, late fall, early winter series with Mike. Um, this week's release is top three hard baits for the late fall, early winter. And uh, that's a really good one. Um, breaks down the all three parts of the water column. Top, middle, bottom. Still, even in the late fall, he has a theory to... You know why certain baits are going to be most effective in their respective columns of the water so you definitely want to check that one out and then this week for our seminar our classroom release we got our good friend brandon coulter and that seminar is wake it walk it and pop it and what that means yep. yeah i know you like that one joss <laughs> <laughs> um So what that?
0: that? (laughs) Who let this name go through?
1: Wake it, walk it, popper. That's (laughs) that's all me, brother. So, (laughs) um, but that seminar is about as as you can take from the title: wake baits, walking baits, and popper style baits. And um, Brandon is sneaky, sneaky good when it comes to the the wake baits and the and the walking style baits. He's got a ton of experience throwing those, and you know, all the way back to the long A days to now the modern style popper baits. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Brandon's a natural teacher. So, uh, check it out. It's good, good stuff as I got to go fix the camera <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and really excited about so, some of the classes that we have. Like I said, we want you to come to class. It's, it's so much fun. A lot of people feel like they are able to learn a lot better in class. That's awesome. One of the things that you don't know, uh, account for quite as much as the camaraderie you're you're going to be in a classroom sitting right next to a guy that loves the sport just as much as you do a lot of people are making lifelong fishing buddies and friends uh from their attendance at bash universities over the years so come on out and join the join the classroom events if you absolutely can't make it of course you're a subscriber to bash utv we, w- we will be streaming all the classes um, that we filmed and edited and, and released on Bass University TV. So you get to see it all. So, uh, we love it either way. Come to class or watching on Bass U TV. Uh, that's what we got going on. We have Kyle Patrick is going to be with us guys. If you're just tuning in, he's, he's won, uh, an open this year. He's, uh, one of the super young, talented anglers that's entering the elites. He's qualified for the classic. He's going to be fishing in 2024. And, uh, he's from New York, from our part of the country, uh, up here, but we'll be, uh, we'll be cheering for him to go through that process, but I'm looking forward to talking to him, how he got there, what are his the techniques and strengths and, uh, what, what he's, what the elites are going to be looking like for him. So can't wait for that. So we're, uh, is there anything else I missed? I always miss something. Oh,
1: yeah. Today is, uh, today is Aaron Martin uh, appreciation day. Um, yeah. you know, that's, uh.
0: The most important
1: yeah aaron you know he unfortunately is not with us anymore um for as i'm sure anybody who was watching the show knows uh, he had a long fight with with brain cancer but he truly was one of the one of the gifts that we had to the fishing industry just as a human being as an angler um really from from top to bottom i mean pete he was like so when i when i first really started the, t- the whole tournament fishing deal and like really got started getting into it hard was when Aaron was just ripping off wins and he was doing it. You know, I can remember the the drop shot, the toad flip flops, the whole, the whole deal, his whole, his, <laughs> he was like a whole vibe. And, um, yeah, man, he, he, we lost a good one with him, but we'll, uh, we'll keep keeping his name alive. So,
0: well, I, I certainly, I feel my, I count myself fortunate. I, I got to know Aaron a little bit fishing out on tour. Uh, of course he, he spoke for us at bash university and you want to go check out Aaron's, uh, seminars at bash university. He was, um, he was innovative in, in the way he thought about fishing and the way he competed. Uh, just there was there was a natural ability there that, that just, boy, you just don't see. And, uh, and it was a treat to to know him, and um, you know had a few experiences. Introduced me to sushi. Oh, uh, not really? It's that's it's... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because I I I thought then, and I still think it's pretty gross. Um, <laughs> it. Slapping a, a slab of raw fish on top of a of a lump of rice, but Aaron Aaron ordered this massive plate of sushi for me, and i'll be honest it was awesome i loved it all and uh i would have never done it had he not pushed me down that road but it was fun you know hanging out with him and uh ron banis and ike and and we had uh the kind of the east coast west coast connection uh there for a few years out on tour but love the guy miss him so much and um and it's a great, great opportunity for us just to remember Aaron and all the great things. And, of course, he won on our body award of the Chesapeake, oh, yeah. which was absolutely phenomenal. I, I told everybody, don't yes. go to the Middle River. <laughs> You're never, ever going to win there. Anybody yes. that would listen, I said, don't do it. What does Aaron do? Wins there. He goes and wins there. That goes... seven-pounder on the last day so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, you know, what was awesome about watching that. And I just want to remember him and his, uh, it it surprised me is his, uh, ability to read the tide, which is a skill that only guys like us that live on a coast have to deal with. Right. We're always facing, you know, flood tides incoming blowout lows. And what, you know, what are the strategies, how the fish behave for that sort of, you know, under those conditions. And, and I remember watching him you know throw spinner baits and chatter baits under the dock under the piers and and the fish were nipping at it nipping at it because it was like high tide the fish were inactive. he was getting them to react a little bit and he kept saying when that tide gets lower the bites are going to become more aggressive when it's going to get better and he recognized that you know mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of people that don't tidal fish you know probably never experienced that but as that tide gets lower they get more aggressive and they go from bumping baits and swatting at them to committing to them a hundred percent. And he knew to hang in there. He knew to wait and and let that tide drop a little. And he did. And seven pounders start coming in the boat. Four pounders coming in the boat. Yeah. And uh, and he grabbed that grabbed that win away from Bill Lowen, who was also had a masterful tournament that week, but. But I, I still have I, a I vivid recollection of him on uh, the Bassmasters uh, going through that dialogue, fishing that dock. But we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, we're with you and uh, your family. I wish uh, Leslie and your family and all, all the best uh, uh, on Aaron Martin's Appreciation Day. Guys, we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break and we are going to be right back. We're going to be diving into what's going on on the elites and. The classic. uh, We got a big year coming up for a young man. We'll be right back to talk to him right after this.
2: leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing.
0: Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish.
3: Is the sensitivity of the rod.
0: That's made right here in North Carolina in the usa
3: strongest, lightest rod. 100 percent made here in Sanford, North Carolina. the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it. And I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament.
1: Durability in the John Cruise Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle.
3: It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks set boom goes the Dynamite
2: on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted that's why Minn Kota and Humminbird joined forces to bring you the one boat network products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together the one boat network will help you find get to stay on and catch more fish When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.
1: Cortland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915.
3: to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie Eyewear, built for the pros. Priced for everyone.
0: Welcome back. Bash University Live. Uh, wanted, I know we talked about uh, uh, Cortland Line as a uh, as a pro member benefit for you guys over at TV, and just watch the Hobie commercial over there. And uh, I want to go through, you know, some of these other amazing offers. You got to if you guys haven't done this yet, you got to do this. You got to sign up for the Rappel of VIP program. Uh, it even gives you access to the new Crush City products, uh, VMC Redline. You're not going to believe uh, the opportunity over there for you guys. Go check it out. Uh, 25% off uh, an Icon or 15% off an Element Cash and Rod. This is great time. You're, you're buying gifts for your fishermen, for yourself. Uh, 30% off missile baits. AquaView, 30% discount off AquaView cameras. Uh, we love them. It really shows you things that you just can't see otherwise. Hobie eyewear. You you want to stock up for your glasses for next year. Uh, the Sightmaster Plus lens is an amazing sight fishing tool. Um, we've got a great discount on The Nichols lures, twenty five percent off. Uh, Cortland fishing line. You want to check out the uh, the braided line. You you gotta you're gonna love Cortland once you try it epoch batteries 10 percent off i'm running them i never ever run out of power i mean days it's amazing uh what the lithium epochs can do it's a really tremendous product um and exclusive uh, there's discounts on the ike store you want to go check that out uh and a lot of great stuff uh, all all over bash university including tackle direct so uh Go check all that stuff out of your pro members benefits page, you guys. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk about our talk with our guest today. Uh, he's another one of the the very young anglers that is crushing it out on the EQs this year. And man, he did he crush it? He uh, he had a Ben Milliken year where he got it. He got a W, and he's going to the classic, and he's going going to the elites. And I'm really excited to talk to him. He's he's from uh, from New York, not far from us, and uh, excited to have him with us today. Kyle Patrick, how are you, buddy?
4: Great, man. Um, it's uh, it's awesome to be on Vassie. You know, I grew up watching this, and this, you know, Vassie is how I learned a lot of the techniques that I, you know, apply on a at, you know at a high level now. So it's pretty it's pretty this whole thing surreal to me just to you know, have this opportunity, you, you, small things like just being on Bass here. It's awesome. It's really cool.
0: It's, uh, <clears throat> that's awesome. That's so that's so awesome to hear. It's so rewarding. Uh, I, we were talking with Ben Milliken. He uh, he was at <clears throat> uh, the very first year we had Bass University classes, which was 09. He was in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's amazing that he used the product. I really appreciate you. You're saying that and, and using the product. I mean, that's why we built this stuff, man. It makes us feel awesome that it's that's having an impact for you guys out there.
4: Yeah, that's that's. I think that's something that goes, you know, uh, it flies under the radar a little bit how much time you have to put in to to make things happen, at, at you know, in bass fishing, and people just. I think I think a lot of people don't use the tools that are available. For, for educational, you know, purposes. And I, I think that's a something that needs to, you know, have more emphasis um, in, in the whole industry is like the learning aspect, whether it's fishing, the business side, you know, we've seen a lot of controversy with, you know, the financial side of things and, mm-hmm. you know, affording all this. So I think <clears throat> education needs to be the fore you know, on the forefront of, you know, uh, our industry these days. There's a lot of a lot of variables and people just need to, you know, become educated in everything,
0: man. Well, I'm glad we, I, that's so awesome. I'm glad we had a little part of, of helping in your, you know, career as you've gone, but how the heck do you do? How are you doing this, man? You were, uh, you're what? 25, 26,
4: 26. You know, it's funny. It's good to hear that I'm young. Cause I feel young, but <laughs> I, I think I'm the second oldest. Behind, no no third so it's Milliken is the old, eldest. then it's john garrett right I, john garrett and i are the same age he's 26 or 27 but like i i, I feel young and then i'm like gosh man there's so much, 21 19 or 18 19 it's like i was just it's kind of a weird deal like i i probably would have been the youngest had it been two years ago right like when when yeah. you know qualifying so it's just it's good to hear that i'm young (laughs) Uh,
0: well believe me you are and you i mean it is such a young field and uh you know the historically like we i mentioned this before like it didn't happen you know it was it was the guys in their 30s and their 40s that were really starting (laughs) to excel and and qualify but this has got to be the youngest group in the history of the sport how at 26 years old, I mean, take, how did this happen? Like, did, do you have a, a mentor that grabbed you by the hand or what, what was the process to get you to this? Point? Yeah,
4: no, that's a good question. So like I said, first it's an obsession, right? Since yeah. I was 12, it's an obsession and you have to have it. If you don't have it, it's not going to happen for you. We all have it. probably everyone in the your room and everyone yep. here, obviously me, I have it. Um So watching all your videos, watching everything I could becoming as proficient in just fishing as I could in upstate New York. So we got a lot of diverse fisheries up there, right? So grass fisheries, smallmouth fisheries, um, large you know, there's all types of different fishing. So I tried to, I basically took m- my <laughs> mom's Honda pilot and a 16 <laughs> foot bass tracker
0: yes Uh,
4: 50 horsepower when i was 16 to 19 i just drove man like i would i would get in my mom's honda pilot and drive to candlewood randomly on like a friday and i would fish there for two three days and i would jump in a tournament on sunday and i'd get my you know i get my butt whooped like but just having that experience like i just wanted to go to as many lakes as i could that i didn't know and i think people get caught in going to like two or three or four lakes that they're really good on. And they just, they, they, you know, they crush and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just wanted to have like a, as much experience on tons of different bodies of water at a young age. Um, you know, and then I went to college, um, I played college soccer for four years. I was still super obsessed with fishing, right? Like I did it. I started a company, uh, where we ran tournaments in upstate New York um that's how I met the guy the folks at Douglas Outdoors um they kind of took it over and I ran the tournaments under them so I'm just in the the scene right constantly talking to anglers like I said learning from everyone everything I could about fishing and then I had a mentor like you said um his his name was Paul Pagnato and he uh was in the industry he knew you know personally like John Cruz Gerald Swindle um, Chad Morgan Taylor, all these guys, and he bas- he provided me with an incredible opportunity. He said, "You know, you travel with me. I'm going to sign up for all nine opens. Um, you know, if you can do this, you're going to travel with me. I'll pay for your co angler entry fees. I'll pay for all your marshaling for the elites, um, and you know, you can just travel and see what it's like to be." to be kind of on the road and, and go to all these fisheries and, um, you know, meet Gerald Swindle. I remember the first time I met Gerald Swindle, uh, three or four years ago. And I was, you know, I'm like, Holy smokes. That's Gerald. Like it, it stayed <laughs> with him at, in, in a, in a house with Gerald Swindle. And I was just in awe the whole time, but, um, awesome. that was a cool opportunity, right? Not many people get that opportunity. You don't have to get an opportunity like that to do it. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about, Oh, you need to be wealthy. Like, I don't buy into that. I think anyone can do it. I was fortunate enough to meet someone that was really able to speed up my learning process um, with the marshalling, with the opens. Uh, Fishing as a co is invaluable. I mean, it really is like a ton of stuff. And I went in with the mindset of not winning or catching fish as a co, but learning from my boaters. That's really important that I think a lot of people tend to, Um, miss is like I watched I would say 80 percent of the time I was watching my you know boater pro whatever you want to call the the guy in the front of the boat I was watching him and seeing what he was doing and I picked up a ton of stuff that I do now from being uh, a a co-angler and um, obviously in the back of the lead series boats so all of that kind of everything I just described kind of worked into where I'm at you know today um and then of course electronics come around and i i really focused on trying to to you know uh you know be the best i could be with my side imaging my forward-facing sonar my hummingbird mapping like all of that is a massive deal and that's why you're seeing such a young field is because that technology has e like you know evened out the playing field so yeah. it it, you don't need 40 years of experience on like you said the chesapeake bay to figure out where the grass lines are anymore you can just graph you can go there and graph and find them and and use your 360 and your forward-facing sonar and use all these tools to to and if you're proficient with them it it becomes less experience-based less i'm not going to say it's nothing but it's less experience-based more um you know uh skill based i guess you could say um it's all you know what i'm trying to get at It's, mm-hmm. it's if you can become really proficient in fishing and then really good with your electronics it makes it easier
0: it's definitely uh it seems to have sped up the learning curve and i wonder if it's going to stay that way because so many people are becoming so competent with it now i think the younger generation was the first to embrace it you know yeah. Uh, but I think th- I think there's a lot of catching up going on right now.
4: I think there is, and I think it's happened with baits. It's happened with every like one one guy figures out okay, like for example, the A rig. I mean, we I, I watched the the Milliken Randy Vaquette battle on on, um, <laughs> <laughs> and bass after before, dark. <laughs> yeah, Bass after dark. There were really good points made, but the, the A rig was brought up right. The first person or the first few people that really dialed in the a-rig they're going to excel, right? That's how, that's how competition works. If you get it, if you find a competitive advantage, you're going to utilize it. If it's legal, it's, it's, you're, it's, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing by becoming really good at a technique that is, you know, not as used. And that's the same with electronics. And it will even out everyone that, you know, wants to do it has everyone in the opens has forward facing sonar, I would say 99.9. So it's an even playing field. It's just who has, you know, that, you know, if yeah. factor when it comes to using, utilizing your electronics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all, we're getting, we're going to see how that changes. And uh well, it's uh clearly you've gotten good at it. Uh What a neat story there, man. Grabbing, grabbing your mom's car taking
4: the, the,
0: it had a, it had a
4: piece piece sticker on the back. Like it was like a mom car, like a beat up old mom (laughs) mom car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man. I love that with an old tracker. And, but you know, uh, I'm jealous because New York, I love New York. I mean, it's my favorite place to fish on the planet. With uh, the small mouth, the large there's so many amazing
4: bodies of water all over that place. It is just nuts. Like Oneida, you've got, and then right across, there's a little sneaky lake. Maybe not that sneaky, but Onondaga, it is yes. ridiculous. <laughs> Ridic- like I don't want to go into it, so I don't want to blow it up. But it is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I got to fish that one time, uh, and it and a buddy of mine his son lives up there and he they the stories from that lake are are amazing you've got the you've got the finger lakes that are you know yeah. obviously you know, cayuga is one of my favorites but we we keep hearing stories about how amazing seneca is
4: oh i just so last year we scheduled i scheduled a tournament with the with the douglas Ross big money opens it's a the tournament um you know series that you saw the the I don't know, was it thirty three pounds of smallmouth? Um, they weighed,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh,
4: the guys at Great Lakes finesse, I think it was. They weighed a huge bag of Saint Lawrence in that tournament trail. But we went to Seneca, and that place has like eight nine pound smallmouth plus. Like it is equivalent to Cayuga, but kind of flies under the radar in the tournament scene there. So every finger like, it is, is just ridiculous. Out outrage.
0: You know they back. Um in way long ago, in the early years of Bass, they used to have tournaments on Seneca. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, they had, they had a pro, they've had pro tournaments. I don't, uh, we have to ask Ken Duke what he, he could quote it right now. But the, uh,
1: why does Cayuga get so much play and Seneca doesn't seem to get it at all?
4: I think, it I'm going to guess it has to do with the launch site. Launch sites. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: The northern end of Cayuga. A good thing.
4: Keep Seneca really good. Because I was on the shores of Seneca. That's where I went to college there. Okay. Right, right at the tip of the lake. And it, it, they, I just feel like they don't have the facilities for a 100-plus boat tournament. You know, there's 50 that.
0: Yeah, there's that. There's the community on the north end of Cayuga that wants to fund bringing the tournaments to town, which is the very, very, very important. But here, here's where it came Comes back back in the day, they had more swamp boats on Seneca than Bassmaster had ever seen before. They, uh, really? yeah, apparently. And the story was, and you know, I mean, we're much better now at driving in in the rough stuff, and our boats are better yeah, than the they were aren't designed like a bathtub, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they had guys running down Seneca Lake, and it's so deep, it's 500 feet or whatever. It's, it, and when the wind blows. The waves just get na- They get nastier than Cayuga. Apparently, yeah. they're they. It gets ferocious, and they had like a twenty percent of the field. I'm probably overstating it. Couldn't make it back. Guys got swamped, and uh, so they never came back. And that's the story that I heard, Riz. That's why they haven't been back there, but. Now I hear. Now I hear all the local guys are trying to keep that lake under wraps because they don't want the word to get out how good it is. You know. Well,
1: we just destroyed it. So.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Well, you you've got a. Uh, of course, you got. You're there at Oneida, and you know you got Watertown just right up the street. Thousand Islands, uh, Paradise. You've got Champlain on the east. Uh, what. Uh, course i love the hudson
4: river have did you have you ever spent any time on the hudson yeah so one of the uh now i'm gonna say yes but not with today's technology not with you know my skill set now but back when i had my mom's pilot i drove down there some random i was on looking for tournaments online and i was like oh hudson river so i went down and just went into this like 15 boat club tournament and of course i'm driving like three and a half, four hours for like a $300 payout. But I went there and I spent the whole day flipping docks. I didn't really learn much, but it was cool to be on the body of water. (laughs)
0: That that is cool. That's a body of water that they don't go to anymore. I'd love to see them go back there. And, uh, but are there any other sneak lakes in New York that, uh, that we don't know about that you're willing to tell us?
4: (laughs) Uh, Just trying to think. I mean, you know, there's tons of them, man. Like I grew up fishing at Seagull Lake. And that's in Cooperstown, New York, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a really a beautiful lake. Um, the lady is a, a lady that like owns. Actually, she owns the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, her name's Jane Clark, and she has. She owns like the golf course, the hotel, but she also owns the entire mountain range surrounding the ent- almost the whole lake. And she has it in a trust, so there can't, there is no. It's ten miles long, and there's no houses on the entire. Basically, wow. from ten miles down all the way up, and then like halfway around the house, there's a few houses coming down. But she owns this whole thing. It's all in a trust. There's like, it's beautiful, like you know, like pr- really paradise. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome.
0: I I drove uh, from. I guess it was Champlain over to um uh, uh, thousand islands like Messina or, or anyway, we drove through the Adirondacks, drove through a mill. There seems like to be endless lakes over there yeah. that I'm like, wow, they have communities on them. They look awesome. Have you, have you fished any of
4: those? Like the Adirondacks area? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Lake George, I fished. That mm-hmm. place is pretty special. Um, But no, not as many down in that region. I've mostly, if you take, um, you know, you're going down 90, I guess it is. Like you basically go from Cooperstown um, or Albany up, right? Like uh, towards Buffalo, like all the lakes in that region. um, That's where I've concentrated. Um, Aside from like, you know, going Candlewood, Hudson, like, but, but like, that's where I've really dialed in and learned how to fish was, was you know, basically from Albany up to Buffalo. Um haven't spent much time on Erie, but we were we were on tournaments there. But um, you know, like all the finger lakes, you know, the lakes surrounding that region, that's that's where um I've done like all my learning, I guess you could say.
0: Understood. Um, the the tracker is probably not the best tool out on Lake Erie in uh nope.
4: yeah the 50 horsepower tracker is not the deal
0: (laughs) you gotta wait you gotta wait for a super calm day but uh well all right so you're a new york guy you're traveling around getting all this experience but man now you're out on the bass masters i mean there's all these southern reservoirs ledge fishing uh did you have any experience going into, you know, enter, starting fishing those opens on that type of water
4: or did you have to just kind of figure it out as you went along? Kind of figure it out as I went along, you know, like I said, I did the co-angler, you know, uh, deer, yeah. So I, yeah. I knew some stuff that went on, did a lot of research, outside research. Um, like I, you know, a lot of, a lot of seminars like Bass U, um, Just did as much research as I could. And then, you know, the first year that I did the co-anglers, I actually jumped into the Central Opens as a boater. And I think I had a 150, a a, a Pickwick. I finished 150th. Then we went to Smith Lake and I finished 120th. And then we went to Grand Lake and I finished like 70s. So like, it's not easy right like i'm like i'm thinking at this point dang am i gonna sign up for all nine next year or do i have to <laughs> go back and kind of rethink all this and then i was like you know what i i gotta give it one more shot i i think i have what it takes because these are all things that everyone thinks about like if you have a bad year or you're, you're kind of doubting like you have to really think about like financially is this going to be a play like, like the right play for me um you know I, there's all kinds of uh doubts at that point for me is, you know, I, I have to I have to make money. I have to, you know, figure out um, you know, what my what I'm doing in five year plan, 10 year plan. So I I jumped into it and and that year, 2022, was when I felt like, okay, I, I can do this. I had a bad finish in Florida, but then I went on to have a bunch of like top 25s. Um, top 30s and I think the difference was forgetting a lot of what I knew like keeping it in my back pocket but starting completely fresh like I got out on a lake and I had no preconceived notions of what was going on it was totally new to me like the Chesapeake bay I top 10 there I, I was a mess on live but um <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I was on Fs1 and and when i at Ozarks I promised I wouldn't be like that. and and it worked out but um you weren't
0: weren't as bad of a mess as i was on live (laughs)
4: yeah that is true that is true (laughs) that is is true and that was really funny when i watched that back it was so funny Um, but Uh, like but for example like I'll, i'll talk about the chesapeake bay like i went into it with an open mindset you know i i knew the flats were a player but i got out there and i wasn't feeling comfortable with the flats i I felt like there was – when we were there, it was tough, right? Oh, like, yeah. On average, it was tough. Oh, it was um,
0: tough as it gets. Yeah. yeah that time I, of year. Yeah, That's what I
4: figured. And and so I took – I just took my boat and ran down as far as I could go in that gunpowder region. And, like, that's the type of stuff I felt like in 2021, I would have just forced the flats to work because it looked beautiful. It was grass. It was comfortable for, like, a New York-style you know, yeah. aside from the tide, but mm-hmm. 2022, I just opened up my, like my mindset to like the new, the unknown. And I just fished like from natural instinct. And I, and that's when I really started to build my, you know, um, understanding of how, how it all worked. And then that gave me the confidence going into 2023, um, that, that I could do it. Cause I finished, I think I finished, I actually finished 10th and AY, same, same exact place as i finished in 2023 um and missed it by you know the red river i bombed but um that that was the year that really helped my growth as an angler because i had some success right and i i built off it
0: that's that's really impressive i mean two really good years in a row and uh it's so hard to do It really is, especially on
1: the, on the opens, like just the sheer size of the field. And I mean, it is, as
0: cutthroat as it gets, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. How how did, how did you deal with, you've done so well two years in a row. How are you dealing with that big giant field? Like that's one, of this past year, like you're on your top five areas that you want to fish are all occupied. You know, so you, you got to go to plan D, E, and F. How, how are you How are you so successful at dealing with that big field two years in a row?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's the way I practice, I think, that differentiates it. I mean, a lot of guys do it, you know, JT, all these guys. I think it's having a lot, everyone talks about having a lot of different deals going on. You have to know the A pattern, the B pattern, the C pattern, the D pattern. um, And I break it out, right? So I have A area. I'd really like to have an A area. And to me, an A area is a place where, and it's hard, right? Because you don't want to set the hook. A lot of guys set the hook too much, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, if I get two, maybe three bites in an area and I can see them on, you know, forward facing see a bunch of structure on 360 really like that area I consider that an A area where I feel like I can top 20 in event like if things go wrong I feel like I can cut a check right that's an A area to me a B area is somewhere where I feel like I can get um some good bites but maybe it's not as as you know concentrated so maybe I have to move around on the trolling motor some more um and then a C area is to me a place where, you know, I can get bites, but they're not the right ones, right? They're, you know, two pounders, maybe two and a half. And if you're lucky a three, anything can happen, but you know, I'm just categorizing A, B, C. And then a D area is some place, right? A very individual area. Like, I guess I wouldn't even call it area, just a, a small stretch where like, okay, I think I can get bit on that. You know, maybe I got a bite there, but it's like a one fish, maybe two fish deal. And those are the areas that you don't want to have to rely on because it's very—it's a small area. There aren't a lot of fish there. Maybe there's one good one. Maybe there's one small one. There, but if someone gets to do it before you, you're you're out of luck. Like it's a one spot area. That's a D area. So I try to center my practice around finding A and B areas. And once I find an A or a B area, or maybe two two B areas and an A area. I concentrate, I, I I cut out a lot of the lake and I, I concentrate in a, depending on how big the lake is, say a five or 10 mile, like that's where my practice is going to go down for the most part. For example, the Chesapeake Bay, I find that little backwater in gunpowder. Once I found that, I'm like, this is an area, this is where I'm fishing. Now I'm going to leave because there's no need to fish here anymore. And I'm going to break down from the mouth of gunpowder in. So that i have areas to hit on the way back to the ramp um mm-hmm. i always find an area near the ramp i just have a lot of areas high percentage areas um whether it be a b c or d and d areas have helped me a lot right like you have one dock that you hit on the way back in you can catch a five pounder like the, the difference between a 70th place finish and a 30th place finish is one fish most of the time right right so i just find a lot of different Um, I try to find a lot of different fishable high percentage areas, but in route, like I don't, like Mm -hmm. the timing is a huge thing. Like, I don't want to go too far out of my way. Um, perfect example is Ozarks. I found an area kind of far away down by the bridge. I started there, fished it. And then on my way back, I was able to hit a D area, a D area, and then a B slash that turned, it was a B area that turned into an A area. So and that was right near the ramp so it was all in a line like all you yeah. know it followed smooth. back to the ramp
1: it's smooth it's like you 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 get in that oh that God. good rotation of fishing and it just starts to flow like naturally yeah. like you don't you don't feel like you need to make a a zigzag pattern all the way around the lake because you already know like I'm going to start down here and I have my route back check check yeah. check 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 and you just keep you know sliding through your spots and you just fish smooth
4: and that's, and that's where the confidence piece comes in. If you're, if, if you're fishing an area and, and you know that you have another area to go to, if it doesn't work out, you're a little more confident, yep. like, you know, at Ozarks, I was, I was pitching a jig under docks and in some brush. And I, I knew that I had an area to go to by the ramp where I felt like I could catch 14 pounds, 13, 14 pounds. So I'm able to, in that a area. Say, you know what, I'm going to try this little area next to it because I, I'm confident if I don't catch them here that I can go back. And that's what won me the tournament because my A area at Ozarks was totally toast. Like what <laughs> I thought was going to be my A area, I fished through for an hour, didn't get one fish. And then I was running back through my you know cycle. Right. I was running back and I said, you know what, it, I, I'm doing it. I'm totally need to fish that. I literally just saw it with my eyes and I was like, I got to run in there because I bet you it sets up similar to how that my A area was. And they might've just moved or there might be a new way, pull in there, catch a five. And then I catch a four and it was just like cycled through. And it was all because I felt confident trying something new because of a B area I had down by the ramp. So that's, that's a huge deal for me is, is the confidence piece to do something off the wall or different in a tournament because you have a backup.
0: Love this. I love this uh, strategy, like identifying a, you know, your premium areas, B, C, and uh, you know, it, it really, gosh almighty, it, it, there's so many distractions in tournament fishing. There's doc talk, there's, weather changes there's so many fact fac- facets involved in decision making but to be able to break it down with that kind of clarity uh man i i can see that helping mentally so much in you being able to make good decisions
4: so much it's so helpful like and that started that so that mindset that i had it started at a lake in upstate New York called Cuca right? I've heard of that. Like, I, yeah. I, I fished there and that's where I had like a lot of success to, to start my my mindset changing to maybe I can try to fish the opens, right? And yeah, it was only on one lake. So that's where my doubt was. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty dominant at this lake for this certain amount of time, but you never know. But that that lake is where I figured out that that's the pattern that's how i need to break down water bodies of water is have a clean smooth you know um i don't even know what you want to call it route or you know um that what i was talking about having the having that clean like route back to the ramp or away from the ramp whatever way you're gonna Mm -hmm. you know run um and so it's cool to, to apply that to, to all kinds of bodies of water and, and it, it's neat how it actually works like it works at every body of water and there are there are you know there are it's some where i don't use that system right like at wheeler i i the result looks better than it was i i was fishing stumps out on the flats there and i i had told my co i at 11 pounds and I, I had two hours left to fish. And I th- this is the stuff that is just off the wall. I told my colleague, this is gonna be the dumbest thing I've ever done, or the this you're gonna, I'm gonna look like a genius. Picked up my trolling motor. I ran an hour up the river. Holy shit. It was shit. like 45 minutes and 45 minutes up the river where I thought I saw a fry garter. And I put my trolling motor down, throw out, catch a four and three-quarter, and I knew that was the only fish in the little area, cold out a one put it in the well before he stood up on the back that goes like we got to go dude and i ran all the way back and made it back two (laughs) minutes away holy that that is that is like the bass god shining down on you and that's like not a planned thing right like that's where you just stuff like that happens and you're just like wow like that that's when you know that it's meant to be like you know i i That's when you know what I mean. Like when you have those moments where you're just like, "Wow, that is lucky," but only the people that work really hard get lucky. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you
0: got you got to know when to take that and make that move. You know, uh, yeah. and what a great move! What an amazing uh, story. I, I love I love the strategy because it, uh, it adds clarity because you can get so unfocused when you're all the pressures of the tournament are weighing down on you so to have have a repeatable consistent strategy is man it's obvious that it, it it's it's successful it's certainly successful for you um i jt's put 700 hours on his motor last year uh are you putting in that kind of time or what kind of what kind of practice time are you applying to
4: these tournaments i mean i wish i could say i have so I just recently um, quit my uh, medical sales job full time. I, I quit. Um, I quit that so I can really focus on the fishing and the fishing industry because I work for a lot of the companies that I'm partnered with. Um, I do a lot of work on the back end, aside from you know sponsorship obligations, right? Because those two are separate. Sponsorship obligations and work is are two separate things, and I try to do both as much as i can and so in order for me to go all in on the elites and all in in the fishing industry i had to i had to quit that but i couldn't put that amount of time in because i i was having to make sales calls all the time right right? and so and and i'm not knocking anyone like everyone's got their own deal right and and that is impressive to put that like jt works so hard like i know him personally no one works harder than him at least last year no no one in the opens put in the time that JT did. And that's a fact. Um, I didn't put, go ahead. No, you. Oh, go yes. ahead. I, mean, I didn't put that time in, but I would, this year I plan to, I plan to put that much time in this year. Like I'm leaving from here. I'm in New Jersey now getting the boat and truck wrapped from VFX. And I'll leave to do 12 days down at Grand Lake to pre-practice the classic before that goes off limits. And then I've got a whole schedule planned out for the elites. Cause that, i truly think that's what you need to do to compete with guys like you know all these guys have been fishing these bodies of water for you know 10 15 20 years like you need to put that time in but last year no i fished i fished the practice days i never pre-practiced one tournament um and i was i was pretty confident that i only needed four and a half days and that's why i think that you can still hold a job the right job, right? And, like you need to, you need to communicate that, but I think you can do the opens and have another job. I really do, but it takes communication and obviously the right situation as well.
0: That's impressive. Uh, man, that's uh, that all the more important reason to have a, a system like that, that, that yeah. makes sense and works for you uh, to, to manage, you know, competing against guys that are putting in endless, amounts of practice time, you know, so that, that's, that's really, you know, impressive stuff. The, the win at the Ozarks, man, that, that has to have you over the moon. I mean, oh. you're going, you're going to the classic man. That's uh I mean, so few people ever get to do that. And here you go, We're going to grand Lake in just a couple of months.
4: Yeah. It's, it's going to be surreal. I can't, I hope I don't botch it. <laughs> no, I, like I, it's just, it's so funny pete like i feel like it was yes i really feel like it was yesterday that i was watching the classic and like in awe over these guys like so it's just i i think i have a little bit still of imposter like syndrome like you know what i mean by that like imposter syndrome Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like, like, it's is really, is this really happening to me? Right. Like, it's when you are like, am I, like, I'm where I wanted to be. Like, this is a dream. So it, it, yeah. it's hard to catch up because it happens so quickly. Like, boom, I, I qualified for the classic. I won an open I'm on the Elite Series. Like, so it's hard to process it all because I am like a diehard fan of all the guys on the Elites, the Elite Series, Bassmaster as a whole. The fishing industry so now that i'm like totally involved and on the elites and like working for companies in the fishing industry it's just a it's just a a lot to process so when when you ask me questions like that like i don't think about it on the day-to-day because i'm so involved with getting what i need to get done and scheduling out and you know doing as much as i can for my sponsors that I, i don't really think about the classic and the fact that i made the elites as much as and, but until someone asks me that question, it's just like it all just kind of like floods in that I'm going to the classic competing. Um, it's a it's a it truly is a dream come true. If, if you know, it's nuts. <laughs> it's it's just That's outrageous. The, yeah, well, it's
0: it's awesome, and uh, you know we're gonna be watching and rooting for you. And it, you know, my only advice is not to get caught up in the deer in the headlights thing with all the. Yeah. You know the media and the cameras and the the mat the fans are everywhere, and um, I, I it's advice that was told to me by George Cochran, who I just saw at the Hall of Fame. It was great to see him again. Uh, who won two classics? He is. He says, "Don't re- don't ever forget. There's a tournament going on, uh, right I at that, that event. <laughs> yeah, and,
4: yeah. I've heard it that get that crazy. So
0: it's it's very distracting."
4: yeah i'm gonna really try my best I, I think yeah i think i'll be able to do it but at the same time i got to take in a little bit how, <laughs> how special oh. it is to be there like it's it's gonna be pretty wild
0: well if the, if the fishing isn't going your way and you're you know you're gets late into the tournament and uh yeah it's just that you're having a crummy tournament for whatever reason my best advice is make sure you fall in on camera um yeah exactly and- <laughs> break
4: controlling break the trolling motor cable and go over the way you the way you rolled over the boat was special like i i don't think i could that's fall little, in that's
0: one way of putting
4: it yeah yeah i don't no, think it. i could have fall i could fall in the water that way it was like you tucked in and just went and you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what was happening to me i was i i was tripping over my crankbait rod and some other stuff, and I'm I, 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 when I felt myself going, I'm just like, you know what? Here just, we go. just, just go, yeah. Just don't try to stop because you'll break a rib, you'll break your head yeah. on the road. Just go, you know. That's so funny. Uh, uh, I'm gonna watch that when we get off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna stay with me forever. But uh, let let me ask you this question. Yeah. Uh, what kind of fisherman are you? Like, are you a power fisherman? Um, do you specialize in finesse techniques? Or, uh, if, if I had to ask you what your strength is, what would you say?
4: Um, I grew up, I'll, I, I'll do a little like precursor. So, from 16 to oh, what am I, 26 now, 16 to 22, I was a bank fisherman, at yeah. sight fishing largemouth in New York. I, I, I <laughs> love to sight fish. Flipping docks, sight fishing—that is what I love to do, and what I have always caught them doing in New York. Um, Like a lot of people don't know, I don't Nida in the at the open when I I think I finished twenty second. I fished. I think I weighed eight largemouth. um, That I that I saw. I sight fished every largemouth that I caught there, and. that's what I like to do. Now, this year's open everyone, like, you know, a, a lot of people are chirping live scope. I've, I've got people chirping that I, that I only live scope and that's all I can do. And so does everyone who made the topic that the elites I, we couldn't make it if we didn't have live scope. Um, but that's just something I've, I, I, I like live scope I really do. I enjoy it, but that's not how I truly like to fish. That's how I had to fish like I adapted because it's really hard to to catch him in an open on the bank cuz it gets beat up badly
2: right. and
4: um it's ironic the two days the, the the two days prior to championship saturday at the ozarks i was flipping docks and brush pretty much um so it's funny that the minute live turns on, I'm, I'm live scope brush piles. It's just funny how that works, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but that's, that's how I like to fish. I like to flip. I like to, I like to get up and, and be super precise on the bank and, you know, precise down to like, okay, that tree and stump comes in. And then there's like a little nook, like I want to put my jig right here and then I want to put it in the nook. And then, so that's how I like to fish. But it's hard to fish that way to make the elites i'm excited because we're going to big bodies of water hunter boat field there's going to be a lot more bank fishing for me in 2024 i'm going to tell you that right now for oh, sure that's interesting yeah 100 yeah, now am i going to live scope 100 i'm going to mm-hmm. use my forward-facing sonar there's no question about it but you got i'm going to keep that bite honest i mean it's that's how i like to fish so i would consider you know, getting up against the bank, you know, getting into tight spaces with a jig or a creature, like that's how I like to fish. I really, that's what I enjoy. I also really enjoy sight fishing with a wacky Sanko, like, like John Cox tile. Like that's how I qualified for the elites on on the last day. I was up in that, um, spring fed canal in Florida and no, I didn't have a great bag, but I, that's the bag I needed. And I I did it on a Sanko in crystal clear Florida water.
0: Nice, that's that's really interesting. Fishing, fishing the elites for the new open qualifiers. It's 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 going to be like you're fishing on a weekday. Well, you are, but like it's going to feel like there's no fishing
4: pressure. It's I'm so excited. I'm so that's excited. So cool. The opens they get hammered, The pressure is crazy. That's why it's so hard. That's yeah. why a lot of people find the first year they do it, or you know, sometimes it's hard to get their your feet. You know, under you because it's, it's, it is just crazy. You pull into a little cove, boom, there's four boats in there. You go into the next one, boom, there's four boats in there. So that's where I said, you know, I, I got to find offshore stuff. I, that there's, I mean, that's just how it, how it had to go because of that pressure. And so I, I am really excited about, about the, you know, less pressure.
0: Let me ask you this. And, um, we saw, um, uh... Tyler Williams, three-quarter-ounce jig, forward-facing sonar. JT does that a lot, too. Uh, what Are you got any sneaky tricks on, uh, you know, tools and weapons you're using with, with forward face? I know a lot of the guys are all about finesse tactics to trigger those bites.
4: Uh, yeah. What, what, what do you got for us? I've already spilled the beans on it. So, that, I mean, it's funny, man. Like, I use two baits to make the Elite Series. Forget like this the wacky Sanko here and there and like you know some random stuff. But my two main baits 95% of the time was all they're all used 20-pound line. It's a 20-pound, it's a it's a three-quarter ounce jig from Greenfish with the chunky D missile baits on the back. That's what I want Ozarks on. Wow, and then jig guy. That that is the that is the bait that I have on my deck 24/7. And then the other bait. I have on my deck 24 seven. They got me a 13th at Toledo an 11th in Oklahoma. Um, at, uh, why am I blanking? You follow, um, Oklahoma, uh, where else Bugs Island. Every one of those events was on, a, a, a magic worm from missile baits. And I, the way I power shot it. So I, I throw a three eighth or half ounce weight about 12 inches between the weight and the hook. I use, um, a heavy duty, like one odd or two aught, heavy duty. Um, what's, what's the hook, uh, the cover shot, the cover shot, hook and the heavy duty. It's gotta be heavy duty wire. Okay. Cause when I get that bite, I am setting the hook like a jig and cranking him in like, so yeah. I'm dropping, I'm drop shotting that magic worm. And, I get made fun of. JT makes fun of me all the time. He's like, do you have that stupid blue worm on your deck again? And that's (laughs) the worm I use. It's, it's the, I think it's bruiser flash, the bruiser flash color. The blue magic worm was a killer, an absolute killer. So Bugs Island, I think I finished 22nd or 18th or something. 13th at Toledo bend on that worm. Uh, 11th, at Oklahoma in Oklahoma you follow on that worm alone not through I did not throw one other bait that that worm in three events made me all those finishes I think I had i oh at um at uh what's the one um Alabama where do we go uh Decatur in Decatur I Wheeler Wheeler yep Wheeler I used that worm for I weighed eight out of ten fish on that worm
0: so that's interesting to me. Like uh another three quarter ounce jig guy. This is awesome. Let's let me dive into that three quarter ounce for just a second. Like why what is it about that weight? Like not a half, not a one ounce. The three quarter ounce jig is like what all you guys are using. What is it because of the depth? Is it because of the fall rate? What's
4: the feel what's special about the three quarters yeah so the three quarters it's it's a control thing right like Mm -hmm. it's it's a control because you're making longer casts you're throwing it in brush on rock um you know in in offshore and the fall rate is one that's huge like a quicker fall rate reaction bite deal because again People are going to hate me for this as the forward-facing sonar haters. But when you're looking at them on on forward-facing sonar, you can get them to react by using your rod or your reel. So, like, at on day two, this wasn't on live, but on day two at, at Ozarks, I had to throw the jig, let it fall, and then I'd watch them swim, like, around it. Like, they would literally, like, swim around it like sharks right yeah two or three of them and then the way I would get the bite is I would just crank my reel really fast and the jig would come up and they would eat it just like on a reaction strike and so that three quarter ounce gives you the ability it has the perfect control aspect of you make it do what you want it to the half ounce it's just not the same and the one ounce is just too heavy You, you it's a weird weight to throw in those scenarios to me um and and credit to Tyler Williams he's the one that that he is like i'm i he helped me with that technique in the beginning of the year um but that's that's the that is the deal it really is at least this past year with that schedule that was the deal i don't know you know yeah. it,
0: that's so interesting, and uh, man, it makes it makes a lot of sense because you can get that bait down around the habitat and make it do what you want it to do without over being overbearing like a one ounce, uh, yeah. without drifting or floating uh, too slow like a half wood or a lighter bait.
4: And that um, rubber skirt is a huge player as well because you can dead stick that bait, and you can move mm-hmm. it like barely just a little bit, and that rubber skirt just goes nuts. Even when you dead stick it, That rubber skirts down there just like i have a video on youtube at what it looks like in the water Um, and i explain why the jig's so good and it's literally the skirt is always just like flowing with like if you're in current the skirt is going to be flowing with the current if you're in like a little bit of chop you can see the the skirt just moving by itself and that is a big factor i think dead sticking it is a is a deal for sure
0: that's, that's so awesome. Now take us to now this, this drop shot. Well, you're throwing it around the same stuff. You're throwing in brush piles, rocks, you're throwing it in. It's not like you're fishing open water, uh, with 20 pound test. You're, and I'm assuming that's why you're rigged so heavy. Cause you're going nope. right in after them.
4: man. That is the bait. That is the bait right there. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I am throwing it in open water a lot of times and i just like the hook to land ratio i'm gonna get them to bite it anyway i'm not a believer for largemouth especially on these bodies of water we were at this year i'm not a believer that you need 12 pound test on a spinning uh, run. Yeah. i think that if you're in the right area and the fish are biting you're you're you know you're presenting correctly i'm going to get just as many bites and when i t- finished 11th at that tournament in oklahoma there was like seven or eight boats in the same area and I was the only I think I was the highest finisher in that area I did see Trey McKinney come in um and he he top 10 but I I don't think that was his primary area I sat in one stretch going back and forth like this pretty much the whole tournament and they were just coming in swimming out and I was just live scoping um you know using my forward facing sonar with that worm the whole time did not pick up another rod day two I had two Three rods all with the bruiser flash, uh, magic worm, and the same exact setup.
0: That's awesome. By the way, you can get 30% off bruiser flash worms if you're a member of Bash University. Uh, take advantage of your member benefits there and go pick up some missile baits. That's awesome. Tyler calls it that stupid blue worm.
2: I don't like and
0: JT,
4: they both make fun of that blue worm every time. (laughs) and i, I don't I, think
0: john cruz appreciates that moniker
4: <laughs> yeah yeah they make fun of that worm yet you can't argue with the results i gotta tell right? you like
1: the, that blue worm yeah. is well why do you why do you throw that bait there it looks stupid. well because they bite it
4: yeah yeah exactly i mean everyone goes with the pink you know there's like you know people like the the classic like robo worm pink um more uh, you know aaron morning dawn like um i i just think that different look the blue i mean everyone throws a black and blue jig why wouldn't you throw a black and blue worm right like i that that was my simple just i'm gonna try this worm and i think i first tried it at toledo that was the first time that i tried the blue one and that's what i caught him on so i'm like ah, i'm gonna stick with this for a little bit and it proved to prove to work really well
1: so we're actually gonna have a uh seminar from john Cruz this uh this january um and he's doing the seminar it's it's called the skinny on straight tail worms and he's breaking down the difference between the magic worm the 48 and um the uh like the ned bomb style yeah so or the quiver the quiver rather um so that's that's gonna be really freaking cool that that magic worm is a dude that's that's cashed some checks it's won some tournaments it's a oh, special yeah. little deal
4: yep oh 100 percent. that's that i'm telling you that worm is the reason I made the elite series for sure. Like without a doubt now, going to it. and here's <laughs> the deal. Here's the deal. Why I like that worm more than any other worm and forget, uh, take missile baits out of it. Like I I'm, I'm not like shamelessly sponsor plugging. I'm telling like, this is legitimate. That worm is a little bit thicker with the ribs on it. Right. It had like your, your average straight tail worm, like a, you know, um, just straight from Robo worm. They're really good for like a spotted bass technique, right? They're really good for like lighter line, but I throw that 20 pound test and that thicker hook. So that worm, the profile is just a little thicker and it's got those ribs. So it can handle a bigger hook for bigger hook sets and and better fish to land ratio. That's why that worm is so good. It, it's just got that correct profile between it's kind of between like a zoom straight tail worm that's really thick and then the robo worm that's really thin and that that thickness is just perfect for a power shot setup that that in is your, uh,
1: interesting in, in your power shot setup are you, you you mentioned that you're you're going 20 pound flora right with that yep are you are you going direct or are you going a or a braid to leader setup
4: i'm i am straight sun line flora
1: no kidding and and you don't so I've messed around with that technique a good bit too, power shotting, and the one of the thing that kills me with it is the line twist. Like you, you know, a, a, if you fish it for long enough, you get line twists from the drop yeah. shot spinning as you're bringing it in. And I've always wanted to experiment with, like, well, on a on a spinning rod, we use a braid to fluoro leader. Why not do that on a bait
4: caster and alleviate
1: the line twist? But All right, yeah, yeah, no,
4: that's a good. I've thought about it. My deal is, is I'm setting the hook so hard. <laughs> We don't want a, I don't want any, I don't want any mess around. I don't want another knot. I like at Toledo, I was throwing it around standing timber, a lot of it. Like I caught a six pounder on my third cast on that bait out in like 23 to 27, whatever in that range. And and there was a ton of standing timber. So I felt more confident like leaning on them and and not having a knot to rub against the, the timber down there. So I, I, I think that it, and you, you will get line twist here and there. I think it's not a factor though. If you have two or three rods, like you might get line twist towards the end of the day and you just pick up another rod, but I'm willing to deal with that for the benefits. Um, factor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. That's great, man. That's great. Technical stuff. It's so interesting how uh, the power fishermen are, uh, dominating, uh, you know, on the elites this year. Uh, just like we were just working with Brian Schmidt and he's, um, you know, he loves that worm too, but he he uses power techniques uh, in his application uh, with forward-facing sonar quite a bit. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, you're, the elites are coming. Are, are they coming to uh, your backyard this year? I can't remember what the schedule is. Or are, Do you have anything
4: in New York? Yeah, we have the St. Lawrence and Champlain, and (laughs) Ronnie Moore brought me on before St. Lawrence because I was up there in AY, and I'm like, I told him before the show, I'm like, dude, I don't really know the St. Lawrence River. I'm like, that I'm not dialed on the St. Lawrence River like some of these other guys, just because it's in New York. Like I'm, I have very little experience on the St. Lawrence Champlain. I think I have had three or four tournaments there. I've done decently well there. But, you know, that whole alewife stuff, like, I haven't gotten dialed in on that that mm-hmm. yet. So, yeah, they're coming to the my backyard, but not not to me. Like, if they were going to Cayuga, I would be like, yes, they're coming to my backyard. But, right. um, you know, yeah, St. Lawrence, Champlain, somewhat in the backyard, but not, like, that I'm, like, overly excited for that tournament, just, you know, specifically.
0: I got you. Well... That's still, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice to be fishing close to home. I'm sure you'll get some local yeah. support coming out there and yeah. cheering you on. Love, I love your social media. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, uh, is it true that you are the most interesting
4: fisherman in the world? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, but it makes a good video. I'm not the most interesting fisherman <laughs> in the world, but it makes a good video. I'm sure <laughs> people can make the argument that uh, Ike or... You know, someone else is the most interesting fisherman in the world. But no, it's it's funny. They, there's some really funny stuff on there. I, even I make myself laugh sometimes.
0: That's awesome. I, I um, I, it's a lot of fun. I want to recommend going out and checking out your TikTok channel. It's uh, it's some inter- entertaining stuff that is uh, it's cool to see somebody putting out like that where you you don't take yourself too seriously. You have a lot of fun with it, man. It's. Yeah it's pretty cool sponsorship hunt um anything you want to talk about it's i know it's got to be tough right now everybody's hunting sponsors the elite tournament trails got a big price tag on it uh what's what's
4: happening with you yeah um i've got some really cool things in the works um i i signed a deal with a a new company for the industry i'm not going to reveal it yet but I, I am very excited about this sponsor um, it, and they're going to come into the fishing industry. And I think they're going to make some pretty cool plays. You know, I'm going to try to go above and beyond and try to make something happen for the industry's benefit. You know, I want to, I want to bring financial literacy to, to the forefront. Cause I, of bass fishing, because I think we struggle with we, that. <laughs> it's, we need, we're it. Not, we
0: I, need that for sure.
4: Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so that's going to be uh one of the titles you know powerhouse lithium and Douglas have been with me you know um and I I work I work I am very involved with those two companies um you know canka customs like I've got I've got a great support group and that's how I've been able to quit my job um it's rare I I I'm lucky to to have figured out how to how to make the sponsorships happen and and be able to provide for myself and, you know, have my entry fees um, covered and, you know, be able to, you know, really dive into the industry and not have to worry about a second job or. Um, Good for you. you know. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm lucky for sure. And it, it's not that, and it's not easy. That's the thing I like get. It, 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 I work every day, every single day. It's well, it's not easy. And I've taken a little different approach than most, I think. And that's been helpful, um, you know. To just, you know, providing legitimate value working for the company and then saying, hey, I made the elite series on top of me continuing to work for you. Can you provide me with X so that I can go out and, and you know, do this on, you know, on your behalf, but also continue to do the back end work that I've been doing for you? You know, I think that's a it's a different way to do it. And I think it yields it, it's, you know, it's fresh for the industry not to constantly have someone asking 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 and not giving value before asking for you know free money essentially um
2: All right. so that's, you know, it's like what you guys do right
4: you provide that the podcast is the value you have a great platform education you're providing tons of value to your listeners And in turn, a ton of value to, you know, the people that support you. And that's tangible. It's there. But I think a lot of people fall into the trap of like, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, I'm not going to call anyone out because that's everyone has their own learning process. But a lot of people in the industry have a false sense of of what how it works and that it's hard. It really is hard
0: it is hard and you have to split your time and you've done a masterful job with it like even working your job and and just you know practicing in the official practice period and accomplishing what you have is is just tremendous uh how you're able to manage all that so we're looking for you to to do that same thing on the elites it's going to be fun okay. watching you you know and fun watching you at the classic it's it's really cool i i I've, I've, i'm very appreciative and humbled that you know you've watched some Bash university content and value that it, it means a lot to me personally i appreciate that and and i want to wish you all the best uh, uh, along the route congratulations man it's it's uh it's been awesome i uh, can't wait to watch the rest
4: thanks pete i appreciate it and thanks for having me on it's uh it's awesome to be here it really is
0: Man, we're looking forward to seeing some big things. Thanks so much for being with us, and uh, we'll be watching at the classic, buddy. Good luck, man! What a what an amazing deal, uh, Rich. Just so successful and two years in a row on the opens in a massive, difficult field. Uh, Really, in essence, you know, being elite competitive, all you know, right out of the gate, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, the back to back top tens in the open, crazy good. Know, for overall points. And, and, you know, here's another thing to do it in two different formats. You know, this year it was, everybody had to fish all nine. If you wanted a chance to qualify for the elites. Well, the year before in 2022, you could still only fish three for a division yep. and, and have your name in the hat essentially to, to qualify for the elites. So, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but I'd imagine that before they changed to all nine, I mean, Every single stop that the that that the that the opens went to when you only had to fish three to qualify, you're getting every local killer that that wants to throw their name in the ring there, too. So I I don't know which they're both really impressive to go top 10, top 10, two years in a row in the opens. But I don't know if 2023 is more impressive for 2022 because of the difference in the format. But I mean, anyway, you slice it. It's a a hell of a job. It's It's amazing
0: stuff. Very impressive, Jocelyn. Yes, it was. We uh, guys, we we want to give away some stuff. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back, and uh we're gonna give away the Dan Allen uh, special. Special,
1: (laughs) (laughs) guys. But remember, we're doing it a little different now. So we're we're gonna be typing the trivia questione into the (laughs) chat board, um, and that's how you're gonna get to see it. So, guys, you got to be a Bashu TV member. It's a great time to get signed up if you're just over there milling around and you're not really sure if you want to do it. Well, guess what? Jump in the mix. It's helping guys get better. i mean, another Mm -hmm. one right here. Kyle Patrick just on. Longtime BashU subscriber. Now he's going to be out there on the elites. The information is good. Use code BULIVE30. You can get 30 days of free access at any time. Use that code.
0: All right, guys. We'll be back right after this.
2: Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview, seeing is believing.
0: Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish.
3: Is the sensitivity of the rod.
0: That's right here in North Carolina in the USA.
3: Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament.
1: Durability in the John Cruise Wormen series, the counterbalancing in the handle.
3: It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite
2: on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted that's why Minkoda and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the one boat network products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together the one boat network will help you find get to stay on and catch more fish When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.
0: Cortland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line.
1: Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915.
3: To have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie eyewear built for the pros, priced for everyone.
0: And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh man, what a what a de- what a neat deal talking to Kyle, man. Really likable young man, having a lot of success in, in uh fishing and sponsorship end of the game too, and uh doing well on social media. Um uh, looking like he's off up and running, off to bigger and better things. Uh what's up, Stefan? I just want to give you a shout out. Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stefan Walden, one of our one of our guys at Bash U. We missed your question. We didn't get it over to him, Stefan. but, uh, it's good to have you with us and we're going to give away some stuff. Last chance to like and share the feed. We're going to be giving away some Cortland fishing line and we have a, uh, we have a grand prize trivia question. Riz, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's the
1: grand prize trivia question that I'm not going to say, cause I'm going to type it in the message board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we, uh, we appreciate all you guys and we're going to be we've also got a Bass University subscriber of the week, the week. which we're going to be uh, showcasing that guy. We also uh, want to give a shout out to five alive Bassmasters who had their banquet this uh, weekend. And uh, they did.
1: They, they did. So I funny. Well, not funny. I don't I don't know. What am I even saying here? Um yeah, the, the the gentleman who won a annual membership to yep. Bash University, his name is Jared Dittmer. Yep, I used to coach Jared Dittmer in baseball, like what? like ten years ago. Get out yeah, of here! And I I saw the I saw the image and I saw the name pop up and I was like, Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know Jared. He was a he was a really good ball player. And I talked with Timmy yesterday, and it sounds like he's uh, getting his feet underneath of him in the tournament game as well. So. You know, I got to teach him. Welcome to t- the family. Teach him, teach him baseball a long time ago, and now the Bass University is going to be able to teach him some fishing. So
0: that's a great club, Five Alive. There, I mean, they're like hundred and forty members, something like that. Strong. What? It's really cool to see the uh, fishing clubs, it, you know, be alive and well. Uh, it's how I started fishing. I joined. I was in two clubs when I was young, just getting started in the sport. I loved it. Loved all the mentoring love gotten, getting to compete and fish with all the other guys in the club it was just so much fun and uh that club is really just tearing it up uh i wonder i wonder i i want to get dialed into the other clubs that are you know the big clubs that are having a lot of success around the country uh it was such a big part of the foundation of fishing when it was in its early years. everybody was in a club. Everybody was part of the Federation. And uh it was it was a really, really cool experience. But uh did you uh did you ask that question, Rich?
1: I did, and I'm making I'm I'm getting picky. I'm gonna make somebody spell it
0: correctly. <laughs> Good luck. I can't even I can't even say it. And uh now that the question is no, up, there
1: was there was a bunch of there were well, not a bunch, there was a, a few incorrect guesses because there's two lakes that
0: sound pretty similar
1: uh yeah because it has that nature we're gonna we're gonna get the correct spelling
0: and the 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 question is for you for you guys is is the we're looking for the lake that uh that he developed his strategy of you know basically areas a through b a through d only
1: mentioned it one time on Uh, the show so you really had to be Paying yep. attention. This is, this and, is, and I, I believe, I believe I see. <laughs> They're just not spelling it right. I'm going to, I'm going to be a stiffler on this one.
0: <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, it's but, nice. But what, what a cool deal to be able to develop that strategy, apply it, you know, around the country. Uh, there was some neat stuff like Brandon Palahniuk has a, a strategy, uh, which is the power triangle. That he teaches and he's he's taught with us at Bash University, and uh it's a neat. That's an approach similar thinking to in my mind, you know, uh to where you're applying a re- a repeatable strategy. So the body of water doesn't matter. The <laughs> amount of experience you have on the body of water doesn't matter. People are
1: just like throwing uh, letters together now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we feel uh, like a chair winner, so I'll announce that. Who do we have? Jared Galloway. Like
0: thank jared. you jared thanks for uh people, watching
1: and while people were
0: liking and sharing
1: liking and sharing and um figuring out this trivia question yep. i sent this to rich yesterday but i found it really funny the oxford university press named the word riz as the word of the year what <laughs> that's right word that's of awesome
0: the, word of the year that you you gave me that nickname i <laughs> uh, see once again i'm ahead of the curve that's right
1: <laughs> that is right
0: that's uh riz. yeah ri- what what is how do they define it um, let's ring. hear because i i know what it's it's like it's uh, just
1: short for charisma
0: yeah it's like <laughs> you're <laughs> super cool well, when when you're riz you got it going on
1: that's just weird. <laughs> charisma okay. leave at that oxford english dictionary defines riz as style <laughs> charm or attractiveness and the ability to attract a romantic partner. How about that? <laughs> how long? How long are we gonna give these guys on this trivia question? Oh, Did it come through Thomas R with the correct answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> Kiyuka Lake. You had to be paying attention. Tom. It was not Cayuga. Yeah. it was Kiyuka. They yeah. are different bodies of water. That's right. Congratulations, Thomas R.
0: Yeah. Way to go, Thomas R. Uh, For those of you that aren't from the New York area, they sound very similar. Uh, Cayuga or Cayuga and uh, Kiuka, which is what, you know, where he trained on. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Great that you were paying attention. Great guests. Even better spelling. That's awesome. And uh, I'm I'm just thrilled that you guys are with us today. We want to showcase our uh, subscriber of the week who do we have a picture of rich
1: this week uh our subscriber of the week is our good buddy Pake. Pake is holding up uh looks to be a nice big stringer of uh hey largemouth there rocking a rocking a bass you hat that's that's pretty worn in that weathered. Episode. Yes. Yeah. That's love,
0: a good luck hat, man.
1: I love to see that. Pake South. Congratulations. Pake South. You are the subscriber of
0: the week. Thank you, man. Thanks for being part of bash university. Uh, so, so cool to see Kyle. Uh, also a, a bash university user and subscriber, man. That's a, it's amazing that uh, uh, so many of the high caliber anglers are using it to get to the next level. And, Wherever we go, people come up and tell us how it's helped them become more consistent anglers. I love that. Look for uh, amazing new and informative content to be coming your way. Our classes get started in January. Very excited about our speaker lineup. Uh, We've got a mix of some of the youngest, most talented anglers on the planet and the best uh, you know, names in fishing some of the guys like gerald swindle greg hackney the greatest minds the sport has seen ike and uh and many many more john Cruz. so we've got a really amazing mix of new talent and uh and veterans that have made this sport what it is all going to be brought to you at bash university whether you're on site or you're watching online it's coming your way in 2024 look for that so get yourself signed up to tickets or to bashu.tv. Check it out. Thanks so much for watching. We're going to catch up with you guys next week with another episode of Bashu Live, but Riz has one more thing I got, to add. All right,
1: I, got, I got one more thing because Jocelyn brought up the the uh, the word of the year being, being Riz. That is not a self-proclaimed nickname, okay? <laughs> I, I feel like I have to now explain that, and yeah, it, it being that it's been my social media handle for so long and whatever. That is not a self-proclaimed nickname. You guys are about to see the true origin of really the word the word Riz. I, I give you and you and Ike credit for for creating it. Um, it it kind of happened naturally,
0: so we'll uh,
1: roll the show out to that. You're today.
0: rolling out to the to that actual cliff?
1: Yeah, so that I don't have to explain myself as. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm not biting yeah. off anybody's style. It was yeah. given to me. Mm-hmm. So. Uh,
0: it, it, it's my miscue that this name came about. So I uh, look forward to seeing. What are you going to watch me fall in the water after that? It's, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to see it, man. Well, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you guys next week.
2: But yeah, let's <laughs>
0: let's introduce Rich in a proper manner. Oh, yes. Proper. proper. Rich, proper ass, proper. <laughs> We'd like to introduce Rich Rich Riz Riz, what up?
2: Riz, aka Remax Rich Riz Rich, you got your first nickname. It only took it one show with me here. I like the it. Riz. I like it. I <laughs> it. Officially, the Riz. Yo, Riz. <laughs>